Hey everybody, this is Chris Randazzo recording from my computer. Just wanted to uh, share some old NBA fan podcast content uh, in light of the NBA being on pause right now and, and there's uncertainty around whether the season will continue. Wanted to reach back into the archives and, and reshare some of the content. So this episode is Trent and I talking about top five uh, Atlanta Hawks teams in the uh, Hawks history as well as uh, what we view as the top five players. I think the only two people you, we might have mentioned uh, if we redid this would be Trey Young and uh, his future. And then Vince Carter's been on the team the last couple of years, uh, and he's a historically great player, but likely neither of them would have made the list anyway. Uh, so I think that this content still holds true. Hope you enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode two of the NBA Fan Podcast. Chris and I are so excited to be back and talking NBA basketball with you all. Uh, it's going to be awesome. We've got a great episode in store. We're moving into something that we're really excited about. Every few episodes, we're going to do a segment or really an episode based around an NBA team. So we're going to do a profile of that team. Eventually, we're going to get through all 30 NBA teams so we're going to profile that team. We're going to talk about uh, kind of where they are, the modern team, but we're also going to go back into history. We're going to talk about the greatest player to ever play for that team and the greatest team that that franchise has had. So uh, Chris and I are based out of Atlanta, so we figured it would be fitting to start with our hometown Atlanta Hawks. So Chris, take us away. It's been a lot of fun uh, prepping for this episode Um because I've learned so much uh, about my hometown. Uh, it's becoming home uh, more and more every year. And so this was a lot of fun. And I watched some videos of some players that I had never seen before. Um, learned about some players that were Hawks players. So maybe we can mm-hmm. throw in some fun facts as well. Um, but to start out with, the most yep. interesting thing that I learned that anybody should know when they think about the NBA Hawks franchise. And that is that since the team moved to Atlanta Mm -hmm. in 1968, Mm -hmm. they have never made it to the finals. And they have made it to the playoffs like 30 times. I didn't count how many times they made it to the playoffs. Yeah. But it's a lot. Consistently, yeah, I mean, I think that that is... One of the biggest things that I've that I've always kind of known about the Hawks. I mean, they've had some really bad years, and they've had a couple of really good years. But generally speaking, they're consistently like a first-round playoff team. Correct. First round, and then if they're good, they make it to the second round. Yeah. And so, you know, they broke through in 2015, two yes. years ago, uh, into the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. Right. But they had never done that since moving to Atlanta in 68. Um, And a little bit of history before that, I learned that they were in St. Louis before they moved to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And um, they were there about 13 years and actually won the NBA Finals. There were eight eight NBA teams there. So this is a Mm -hmm. totally different era. But played against the Celtics all four times. They made it to the finals. And the one time they won, they beat the Celtics. Yeah, Bob Pettit. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about him um, as we as we really kind of dive into the history of the Hawks. Bob Pettit, Bob Pettit great player um, leading that team. So, Yeah. Uh, well, then why don't we jump right into maybe some of the best teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 
and we can discuss what you think. I'd love yeah. to hear what you think are the best teams. I narrowed it down to three mm-hmm. teams, and I have them ranked. Um, but why don't you go first on, on who you think yeah. is uh, – how, how many do you have? Did you rank number one? I, or? Yeah, I, I, uh, I can do three for okay. sure. Because I think, I think when you think about the Hawks, you there's really three kind of three eras. There's the St. Louis era, which is in the 50s, which is when they were really, really good for that era and went to the finals and obviously won it in one year. I think you've got the Dominique era in the 80s with Mike Fratello. Um, and then I, I think you've got the kind of the modern team with Coach Bud, uh, Mike Budenholzer. Um, and so I... Uh, I tend to think that because it was a different era, I tend to think that the best Hawks team that we've ever had, and maybe this is recency bias, but I think it's that 2015 team. I mean, that was a team that won 60 games without a star on the team, won 60 games, had a really entertaining, selfless style of basketball. Um, They ripped off, like, what, 22, I think, straight wins at one point that year. So entertaining. Um... And even when they made it to the conference finals, they had some injuries and ended up getting swept by the Cavs um, and obviously LeBron James. So that, you know, it was a disappointing end to the season, but I think everybody felt at that time like, okay, maybe we've got a couple more years of this. And we did. Um, But uh, I would say that that's probably the best team that the Hawks have ever had. Number two, I think you have to give to the team that won the NBA championship um, back in the 50s, St. Louis Hawks. Um, just because the fact that they won it, um, and so those were kind of the two teams that I thought of. If you want to throw out, a, you know, a third, third best team, I think I would probably uh, reference one of the one of the Dominique teams, um, and I would say I tend to think that they peaked probably in the eighty seven eighty eight season. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but. I remember 87-88 was the year... Well, I say I remember. I was one year old. But uh, <laughs> I remember watching... Because, again, I think I said on, on our first episode, uh, my dad was a huge Larry Bird fan. So I've got all the Larry Bird tapes. And so the, you know, Dominique's Hawks battled Bird-Celtics quite a bit. And 87-88 was one of their best battles. Um, and so I, I tend to think that, that the Hawks kind of peaked that that year yeah I um I went ahead and put that year as my what I say is the best year now I'm I'm looking at this with totally fresh eyes which also means not a ton of context yeah um granted the the 2015 team playoff team went further mm-hmm. but I put them at number two because that 87 88 team one has Dominique Wilkins who mm-hmm. is clearly better than anybody that was on that 2015 team um, and and also they had all these other players who I'm you know learning about Randy sure. Whitman yeah um, uh, Doc Rivers Doc Rivers Spud Webb, Willis Kevin um, Willis, Kel- yeah. Kevin Willis uh, yeah Doc Rivers and and in that playoff series this is why I went ahead and gave them the edge. Mm-hmm. They go up 3-2 against mm-hmm. the Celtics in the semifinals. Such a good series. And then they lose by two points in Game 6. Mm-hmm. And then there was that Game 7, uh, I think Showdown. that you were referencing, yeah. where um, Wilkins and Bird go at it Just in the fourth quarter. baskets, yeah. Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, so if, if well, you've never heard of that or, or have seen any of those videos, yeah. go and watch that. That's an incredible game. That, great. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, the 88 playoff series, Game 7, Hawks, Celtics. Um, what was great about that is that 
Bird called that game too, because they the Celtics had home court advantage in that series, and so Game Six was in Atlanta, and so a lot of people were like, really felt like the Hawks had the advantage because they were up three two. They went into Atlanta, they lost a really close game to the Celtics. But then it was going back to Boston. And so Larry Bird, after that game, was like, they had their chance to kill us, and they didn't do it. And now we're going back to Boston. It's over. And so, and I mean, that game seven was just unbelievable. Dominique gave a great performance, um, but Larry Bird was just a little bit better. Yeah, he was. I mean, Wilkins had 47 points. Doc Rivers had 16 points, 18 assists. In that game. Probably most of which were to Dominique. Right. Had just passed it to Dominique. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that that team... So then it's like, okay, who did... The reason I give them the edge is they lost to Bird and the Celtics, whereas um, the 2015 Hawks team makes lost. it to the finals but gets swept by LeBron. Yeah. And... Um, and I just think they, they were so close. They could have won... Um, Either way, they probably would have, you know, the Hawks might not have made it past, you know, whoever else. I, I think it was probably the Pistons. Probably would have been the point. Pistons, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the story of the Hawks is oh, who yeah. are they losing to in the yeah. playoffs? Is it uh, yeah. Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. Is it Larry Bird? Mm-hmm. Is it LeBron? Yeah. Uh, is it Michael Jordan in the 90s? Michael Jordan. That's, those are the <laughs> other teams we haven't talked about. Those Lenny Wilkins teams in the 90s, they had some good yeah. teams. With Mookie, Mookie Blaylock, Blaylock, Steve Smith, Dikembe Mutombo. Stacey Ogman. Um, Stacey Ogman. Plastic I mean, Man. Yeah, they had some even, – even – okay, every episode is going to have a Duke reference because I have to. But Christian Leitner had a good two, two to three-year yeah. run with the Hawks in the 90s. Um, but, yeah, they had some good teams in the 90s, and they could just never get past Michael Jordan. Yeah, I, I'm looking at – I listed all these teams that they lost to. First, Jordan, um, a couple times with the Pacers, mm-hmm. which Re- Reggie Miller, he was an incredible playoff player. Yeah. But, you know, they should, they lost to Shaq with the Magic, Jordan again. Yeah. And then this was what surprised me is Allen Rice and the Hornets in 98. Oh, Glenn Rice? Or, oh, yeah. Um, I guess yeah. maybe his official name is Oh, right? yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I've never heard that. No, but, no, no. Yeah, I think it's Allen yeah, Rice. No, it's Glenn it, – Glenn Rice is a great player that played for the Hornets at that time, so I think that's probably who they're talking about. Maybe that was his first name. Yeah, but and then Sprewell with the yeah. Knicks in 99. Yeah, that Knicks team was good, though. They must have been. I mean, yeah. this is where that, I'm still coming at it from a totally Knicks fresh team, perspective. So that Knicks team was a team on a mission. They were actually the eighth seed in 99, so they were the lowest seed, and they beat the Miami Heat, who were the number one seed, back when they had Alonzo and, and Tim Hardaway and those guys. Um, in a crazy series. Have you ever seen that clip from that series? Because the Miami Heat, I'm not going to go too far down a rabbit hole here, but the Miami Heat and the Knicks in the 90s had a huge rivalry. Like, they hated each other. And it was Alonzo Mourning versus Patrick Ewing, and it it was Pat Riley coaching the Heat versus Jeff Van Gundy coaching the Knicks and all this stuff. And in that series, so Jeff Van Gundy was coaching the Knicks, and they were the eight seed, the Heat were the one seed, in that series, there was a like an all-out brawl in one of the games, and there is a an image that it will never leave my mind of Jeff Van Gundy holding on to Alonzo Mourning's leg and getting dragged across the court because Alonzo. I mean, he was just trying to break it up, but it's I mean, you know Jeff Van Gundy. For those who don't know what he looks like, he's this little tiny like five eight bald man, and he's holding on to Alonzo Mourning's leg. 
And there's and I mean like that that so that Knicks team was crazy. They they actually lost to the Spurs in the in the finals, the Spurs first championship. But they were the eight seed, they went all the way to the finals. But wow. yeah, anyways. So yeah, just all the different teams that the mm-hmm. Hawks, you know, the Hawks have had some great teams and they yeah. were just lost to some other better team, you know, yeah. each year. Well, sometimes better team. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's interesting. So um, so I, I put them as the, the best team in the 88. Second was the 15, 2015 yeah. team. And I wasn't including the yeah. St. Louis team that won the championship. In doing this kind of research, uh, the toughest thing is, you know, what, who do you include and who do you not include? Yeah, totally. And yeah. It's if, a totally different era. Yeah, yeah, eight teams and also they're in St. Louis. But if you're including them... Yeah. Um, which technically are part of the franchise, then yeah, yeah you got to go with that team. Yeah, no, I, and I'm I'm perfectly okay with putting the uh, the '87 '88 uh, team ahead of the 2015 team, um, but I, I mean I, I definitely think it's it's close, uh, but but yeah, I'm yeah I'm totally fine with that. I'll throw in then one more team, honorable mention, not as good as the others, but mm-hmm. in the 29-2010 team, oh, 2009-2010 team, uh, which I think is still under the same coach. Or as no, the, as the that was the era. final year that uh, Woodson okay. was here, Mike Woodson. So they, they've got this team, Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, yeah. Al Horford's young, Marvin Williams, Mike Bibby. Yeah. And in the 2009-2010 season, they add Jamal Crawford. Mm-hmm. Jeff Teague yeah. is a rookie. Yeah. And I thought that team um, was a great team. It was the exact <laughs> opposite of the 2015 team in terms of how they played. But, but yeah, I mean, there's good players on that team for sure. And that was the Hawks team I think I remember in my yeah. most recent years of being an NBA fan. That's the year when, you know, I remember being in the airport, in the Atlanta airport before I lived here. Yeah. And there's fans, you know, all around the TV in the playoffs. Yeah. And do you, they've just got this impending doom, uh, disappointment. Is, Is that the year they almost beat the Celtics? Um, they lost to the – they got – Swept by the Magic in the playoff semis, oh, semifinals. Okay. So they, they advanced in the first round, um, and they lost to Dwight, Vince Carter, you know, on the Magic. Oh, it was 2008. That was the year. So 2008, they, 2008 was the year that the Celtics won it all, and that was the first year that they had Garnett and Pierce and Allen. And I remember they took them, the Hawks took them seven games in the first round. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So just I, I remember that being my, you know, when I yeah. think of the Hawks, it's the Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Al Horford yeah. Hawks. Yeah. Um, and it's cool that they, I didn't realize they had Jamal Crawford, mm-hmm. Mike Bibby, you know, who's great. should have never gotten rid of Jamal Crawford. But. Agreed. So anyway, so that's, that's the teams. Um, let's then move over into players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't believe I call myself an NBA fan and had not seen a highlight of Dominique The human Wilkins, highlight reel? Of Dominique the human yeah. highlight film. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable! I can't believe that either. I think we should kick you off this podcast. No, please do not. <laughs> I I um I watched YouTube video after YouTube video, and it's great. He he might be the the best YouTube NBA oh yeah player the highlight original. out there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's nobody in the NBA that plays like him. That after seeing him, I mean, go ahead and make a comparison. But no, I don't. No, I It's not that I was trying to make a modern comparison. It was more so I was thinking like. You know, I would say he had one contemporary in MJ that right. was that was doing stuff like that. He was bigger than MJ, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's there's 
nobody else that was doing something right like that. agreed uh he there were some of the highlights that were like dominique versus michael oh, yeah. Yeah. and they're doing a lot of the same stuff but he's doing it a little bit higher yeah right yeah, he's yeah, getting yeah. a little bit higher and he's doing it a little bit yeah. harder oh yeah oh yeah i feel like he he dunked on people a little bit more but he was like i said he was also bigger he was like two inches taller but yeah. like yeah he was dunking on guys and just the power that he his yeah that he had was just remarkable right and it wasn't just i mean one of the things that i thought made him incredible the first uh highlight i see of him he's dunking on everybody mm-hmm. and then i go into realizing you know he can shoot yeah. he can put up 47 yeah he you know averaged 30 points the yeah. game one yeah. or two seasons he wasn't much of a three point shooter but he definitely had a mid range game um which is kind of classic 80s yeah. you know like not a lot of people were three point shooters um but yeah he had a a nice mid range game and it mainly just because he could elevate so high that it was unblockable. Yeah, and it um, felt like he just hung in the air. Yeah, like he would jump Again, up. Like Michael. You yeah, know. yeah. There, they had a dunk contest where they went at it. Oh yeah. And um, you know, Dominique is doing these awesome things, and this is the the one I'm talking about is the one where Michael does his infamous dunk mm-hmm. from the free throw line. Yeah, I mean, back in the day when you had dunk contests that had Michael, Dominique, and Dr. J, I mean, like that's just it's unreal. Yeah, and we've got you know we're coming up on the All Star game yeah, yeah. here in, next week yeah. and um, it's just not the same well and part of it is because the NBA now focuses and this has been the case for a while even into like the 90s but since probably the early to mid 90s they've made the dunk contest more of a focus on young players it's been about who are the up and coming first few years in the league players um, and so I, I get it but at the same time yeah I mean it's disappointing to not have some you know some of the best players let alone you know because back then it's like you look at dr j and michael and dominique it's like these are three of the best players in the nba and best dunkers yeah you know whereas now we we just kind of get the best dunkers because i mean i know we're we're maybe going to talk about this in a little bit but we've got some really good dunkers in the dunk contest this year they're just not all great players right yet. yeah no agreed um okay so do you agree would you put dominique wilkins as the best Hawks player. Yeah, I think I think no doubt. Um, I mean, there's you know they're kind of like when we talked about the St. Louis Hawks. I mean, like Bob Pettit is a Hall of Fame player, and he was a great player for the Hawks. Different era. Um, I I don't think there's any any question. And I I thought a long time, kind of racking my brain about modern other modern Hawks players. You know, going through the '90s and and some of the good really good players they had then. And into into modern, you know, kind of the modern Hawks teams, and I just I don't think there's anybody close to, um, not only how good Dominique was, but just the the kind of amount of like fan fandom that he brought to the team. Yeah, because I mean, Atlanta in the '80s, yet like the Falcons were not good, the Braves were terrible in the '80s, so the Hawks were all. Atlanta had, and so they were, I mean, they had gr- a great fan base in the 80s. Um, they just, you know, couldn't get past the Celtics. Yeah, and it's and it's not just that he was an entertainer, yeah. right? I mean, I would pay to go see him play in the 80s, oh, know, yeah. right? Like, that would be so worth it. And um, But it wasn't just that, you know, he's the hometown guy and that he went mm-hmm. to Georgia for college. He did, yeah. Um, but if you look at stats... Uh, he's the Hawks' all-time leading scorer, mm-hmm. nine-time All-Star, mm-hmm. seven-time All-NBA, to name a few. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think probably already Hall of Fame. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. So incredible. Okay, so then this is where it gets murky. Oh boy. Where do you go to number two? Yeah. In your mind. Yeah. Uh, again, probably not Bob Pettit. Um, I. It's a great question. Um, this is tricky. And to be fair, I um I pulled some of uh my friends who are longtime Atlanta natives, mm-hmm. you know, guys in their 40s, uh, who all kind of basically responded with the exact same, you know, Ooh, that's tough, got to go Neek, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they kind of differed from yeah. there when you go two, three. So I think I've got a couple of couple of thoughts. Um, I, I am a huge fan of Steve Smith from the 90s. I think he's a really underrated player. Yep. Um, he's an all-star level, not a Hall of Fame level player, but an all-star level player who, great mid-range shooter, good defender, really good player. Um, so I think he's up there. Um, I uh, I guess maybe he wasn't on the Hawks long enough to really make a statistical impact. I really like Sharif Abdurrahim, who played for a few years in the early 2000s. I think Jason Terry was really good for the Hawks in the 2000s as well. Um as far as like kind of the modern Hawks players that were really good for them, I mean, I think Al Horford's up there. Um, but gosh, man, it, it's tough. Yeah. So I, I had uh, you know, Lou Hudson was kind of in my list near the top. He yep. was a uh, '60s, '70s yeah. era. I think if you're gonna go all the way back, I think Bob Pettit or Lou Hudson is probably the way to go. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you go back to Bob Pettit, he's uh, you know, 11-time All-Star pretty yeah. much every season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and won the NBAs. But Lou Hudson was at least in, I believe, when they were, when still they in, were Atlanta. in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Six-time All-Star. You know, had some. he's got some great stats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I put, kind of moving forward after that, I had Al Horford up there mm-hmm. just because he played with them for a while. Um, yeah, he was the face of the face of the franchise. Right. Uh, so, to some extent for a little while. Um, took him to that, you know, Mm. 2015 Eastern Conference Finals. The funny thing about Al Horford is that he's never you're never going to notice his stats. Right. Because he just doesn't he doesn't he's not going to lead the team in anything, but he's just so good. Yeah, he's a defensive presence. A lot of those Hawks teams were defensive teams, yeah, which doesn't show up in the stats. Player. Yeah. Um and so I kind of had him up there uh, and then a couple other guys, Mookie Blaylock. Yeah. Um he's got stats for great passer. Yeah, yeah. great passer. Um, good defender, really good. De- uh, yeah, as well. Guy as well was there for a long time. Yep. you know for the Hawks. Yep. Um, and and then I also I have Kevin Willis up there. He's got stats as well. Long. Time I always forget Hawks. that Kevin Willis was like good too. Right. Because when he was with when he was on those teams in the eighties, he was young, and so he wasn't like he was like an off the bench kind of athletic big. And then I forget, like, in the 90s, after Dominique left, like, he was really good. And, yeah. I mean, he had a really long career in the NBA as well. Yeah, and, and I'm also, I'm looking at these just from stats, and so it's hard for me to paint yeah. the picture kind of like you know sure. more of those things. But yeah. a lot of, um, here's an interesting question is, does Pete Maravich count? Because Pistol mm-hmm. Pete played four years mm-hmm. for the Hawks and is one of the best players in the NBA of yeah. all time. Yeah. And so it's it's tough uh, he started his career in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and they retired his number. Mm-hmm. So, sounds like Atlanta's claiming him. Yeah, I, no, sure. I think so. Yeah, I think you can. And um, if, if he's counting, you know, you might put him at number two or three. Yeah, yeah. I I tend to think when you're talking about 
there's a couple ways to approach it. You could say, who's the best player to ever play for the Hawks franchise? And if that's the case, I might give it to Maravich over Dominique. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about, if you're including, like, what they did for the franchise and how long they were there, yeah, that's part of why I think you I have to. Dominic. Like Dominique is like who I think of when I think of the Atlanta Hawks, right? And so um, I think when you include both of that, because I mean, like, uh, trying to think of some other players that you know have just played for like a short amount of time with the Hawks. I mean, I, I mean, even Dikembe, Dikembe Mutombo played Mutombo. for four or five years yeah. for the Hawks in the '90s, and he was really great as well. Um, but yeah, just guys who like who are kind of in their prime playing for the Hawks, you know. Yeah. Um, but because we don't really have anybody, even Dominique, that spent their whole career in Atlanta, right? I and mean, that's it's kind of a kind of a sore spot for Hawks fans. But Nick Nick got traded to the Clippers when he was still kind of in his prime, still kind of in his it was prime. Unbelievable. He was like in his early thirties. I I actually so fun fun story here. I was actually at the Hawks game. I was in, like, elementary school, but I was at the Hawks game. It was, like, I don't know, 98 or something like that when the Hawks retired Dominique's number. And it was, this wasn't planned. I was just there with, like, some friends, and that was the night that they – it was, like, Dominique night. They were recognizing him. They were retiring his number. And the guy who was, like, introducing him that was on the court, it was still the same GM that had been with the Hawks forever, and he was the guy that traded Dominique to the Clippers. And – it wasn't a good trade either. You know, I mean, like I get it. The NBA is a business. And if if you have an opportunity to get a better player or if you, you know, you've got an, a you know, a star that's kind of fading or whatever, I get it. But it wasn't a good trade. And they like the Hawks fans like booed this guy off the court. And Dominique actually had to get on the microphone and be like, "Hey guys, you know, take it easy." Or like he had to like calm the fans down. And this is a couple years ago. No, well, this was like twenty years ago. 20 when years they ago. it was when they retired his jersey. Oh, okay. But um, so you're there, but yeah. a, you're there as a kid. Oh yeah, I was a right. Kid. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. Um, it was like ninety eight. Um, but but wow. yeah, it was crazy. Hawks fans were not I happy. Mean, understandably, because if yeah. if uh, Dominic stays there now, he's playing with the Steve Smith, Christian Leitner. Uh, Hawks. Yeah, I feel like he would have been. I'm I'm looking up when he got. It was uh, traded. It was in the 93-94 season. Okay. So so, yeah. Um, I mean, he got traded for Danny Manning, who was I mean a good player. Yeah, I and mean, um, he was he was their leading. He scorer. was a young player. Yeah. Um, but I. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think Danny Manning ended up playing for the Hawks for a long time. And this kind of takes us into another conversation. I don't know if you wanted to go here because this may have not been something you noticed as you were doing your Hawks research because you're not you're not like a born and raised, you know, Atlanta or Hawks I'm a transplant. Um, I'm adopted. But one of the things, one of the ongoing themes about the Hawks. And I know you noticed this as far as like playoff, you know, not quite success, but the Hawks have been at times one of the worst one run franchises ever. And they have a history of just making the dumbest moves. I ever. did notice that. And I think that was in conversation with somebody because what uh it was either conversation or it might have been like the very first website that I looked at and it said, you know, something to the effect of, you know, the Hawks have had you know, very little playoff success, yeah. although making it often, and they also have had terrible draft picks. Yeah, draft picks are the big one. It, most of their kind of boneheaded play, it hasn't necessarily been trades. And I think with, you know, 
because there's basically there's three ways to build a team. You trade or you sign free agents or you draft well. And the Hawks have Atlanta has never been a destination for free agency. I mean, you're just they just it's very difficult for them to land really good free agents. I think Joe Johnson might be the best free agent they've ever landed. Um, and so you're just not and actually that may have even been a trade. I, I don't know, but like the they've done a nice job with trades. I will say that. Um, they've done an abysmal job drafting, except for the last couple of years. Right. But they had a run in the, probably from like, because like, like I said, they had a good team in the 90s, you know, right around the end of MJ's time with the Bulls. And that could have been something they could have kept going. But the reason they didn't is because they drafted so, so poorly from about 1998 till probably like, 2008 because I think 2008 was when they drafted Al Horford so about a 10-year stretch they had one of the worst runs of drafting players that I've ever seen yeah that fits what I wrote down which is their best players drafted has been Doc Rivers and Will Kevin Willis they drafted both yeah. of them oh 80s yeah they were right I mean, they 80s. drafted Dominique too I mean they like they didn't draft Dominique. oh they didn't draft he Dominique. was traded it was either traded or somehow he was moved over. He was technically okay. drafted by another gotcha. team, and then he immediately moved over. So, but so technically not drafted, unfortunately. Yeah. But either way, you fast forward, and there's nobody, no all stars drafted until Al Horford and then Jeff Teague yeah. after that. So, um, absolutely right. And and currently, let's we can jump maybe here. This is a great time to jump to a, a current understanding mm-hmm. of where the Hawks are at. Yeah, they have a new GM yeah. as of last year. And have had a great first draft in John Collins. Yeah. Some people, you know, I had a friend compare him to Dominique Wilkins just in terms of his athleticism. It's a terrible comparison. I agree, yeah. but but the point is, as a Hawks fan, there's a lot of hope. I'm a huge fan of John, John Collins. Yeah. And that's all that I mean to yeah. paint yeah. that picture there is, is Hawksia future yeah. in John Collins. Absolutely. Um, I uh, So, I like I said, I... It's interesting my loyalty to the Hawks because the NBA is a players league. And so I I've never I follow players that I like in the NBA. So obviously I'm a huge NBA fan, but I'm I'm mainly just cheer for players. And so whatever teams those players are on, that's kind of who I cheer for. Absolutely. But born and raised in Atlanta, I still wish the Hawks and maybe the Thunder because I lived in Oklahoma City for a little bit, but mainly the Hawks are really the only team that I like wish success for. You know, um, otherwise it's just players. Um, and so because of that, I, I mean, I watch the NBA draft every single year. I love the NBA draft, mainly just because I love college basketball as well. But I, I love the NBA draft, and so I watch it. And so I've been watching the Hawks draft since, like, 98 or 99. Um, and so I, uh, going into this year, literally, like, I saw, okay, the Hawks have the 19th pick. I'm looking at the draft picks, and I I put a star by John Collins go, before the draft even started. Because I, being a Duke fan, again, like John Collins played at Wake Forest, so he torched us. And I was like, this is the exact type of player that the Hawks need. And I was hoping that they could put him behind Paul Millsap, but then, of course, they let Paul Millsap go. So he's had to be forced into a bigger role. But, like, I absolutely think he's the future of the franchise. And if they can have another good draft this year um, because they're looking like they should get a top three pick this year they could really start to put a nice team together yeah I absolutely agree Uh, give us a little bit of an understanding of where where they're at outside of John Collins with uh, we've Mm -hmm. now 
gone into the you know 76ers trust the process <laughs> type mode. Um, we're I think we're second to last in the league mm-hmm. uh, ahead of only the Orlando Magic, who seem to be trusting the process better. Yeah, no, um, they're not. And uh, they um, they've got a couple. You know, talented players and Schroeder totally. yeah. and Bazemore, who's won a, he won the game for them, I think, last night yeah. or two nights ago. Yeah. Um, but what do you, how, what's going on with this this year's Hawks team? Well, I'll tell you why. The number one reason why I am very excited about the Hawks' future is their coaching staff. Mike Budenholzer, I think, is I think he's a top ten coach in the NBA. Um, he comes from the Coach Popovich Spurs system. He was a Spurs assistant coach for like 20 years. He was a part of all their championships. Um, he's he is a really really good coach, especially offensively. Um, and so I I am really high on them their future because of that. Uh, and then on top of that, like I said, I, I think they've made some good some good moves. Obviously, John Collins very high on him. I think uh, Dennis Schroeder is is a really good point guard. I think if you have an opportunity to get a better point guard, you do. But I I do think Schroeder is good. Um, and yeah, I mean right now they they just kind of have players kind of filling in and um, other future players. I know you're not super high on him, but I do think Tarian Prince can be a really good player. Um, and I think you know some of these other guys that they've drafted, like DeAndre Bembry, who is a not a super high pick, but you know has played well. For them, Malcolm Delaney as well. Um, and so Bazemore, for me, feels more like a fill-in. Um, Bazemore is a guy who can score really well. And so I think he's on the team because they need a guy who can score. I think as they build their team out you know, a few years from now, as they hopefully are trying to make a run into the playoffs and further, I don't think Bazemore is in their long-term plans. Um, I think the, t- the two guys who are... 100% in their long-term plans are Schroeder and Collins and, and you know, maybe some of these, like Tari and Prince, maybe some of these other guys. But I, I think Coach Budenholzer's goal is to build the Spurs of the East. Like, they want a team that doesn't have a, you know, maybe has a couple of guys who become kind of superstar-level players because um, I think ultimately you have to have stars to win, like Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, Tim Duncan, guys like that. But ultimately, it's a it's a type of you put a you put a type of system together where you don't have to have like superstar level players, and I think that's why the Hawks were so good in 2015. They didn't really have any superstar level players; they just had a bunch of really good defenders, passers, and shooters, and their offense was you know just so fun to watch. So I think their goal is to get back is to get back to that. Um, but yeah, so I, I think I would love to see them. Um, you know, they really can't miss. Honestly, this next this upcoming draft it, it is assuming they have a top three pick. They're either going to get the, their center of the future in DeAndre Ayton or Mo Bamba from Arizona and Texas, or they're going to get a great guard in Luka Doncic from overseas, who can kind of you know play small forward or take over for Bazemore or whatever. Or you're going to get Marvin Bagley, who's another great big who you can pair with John Collins. So, so you, you don't want the Hawks to take Trey, Trey, what's his name? Oh, Trey, I don't think they need him. It's not that I don't think Trey Young can play. There you I go, do yeah. think he can. Um, but I don't think he fits what the Hawks need because they already have Schroeder. And Trey Young is too small to be a shooting guard. He's going to need to be a Steph Curry type of point guard. 
So I don't think you take him over Schroeder because you have holes in other places. Like they don't have a center right now. So they, they could they really need a center. And then Doncic could kind of be your guard of the future to take over for Bazemore. So I think what they need more than anything is a really good big. But I yeah, so again, like I think Trey Young is gonna be fine, but I just don't think they need him. But then again, if they you know, I think the Hawks are under better management now, but in the past they've been known to take players that they 100% didn't need. So yeah, that's a great point, and I think they've got some great draft picks lined up for the next three years. Um, yeah, I I don't know them off the top of my head, but uh, in recent conversations with a friend who works there, giving me the lowdown, it might be like 11 first round picks in like the next three or four years, just from some trades and things like that. Yeah, yeah. so I think that their new GM is is setting them up really really well. Former assistant GM of the Warriors. That's right. So great franchise. I mean the Warriors have you know better than anybody other than maybe the thunder a few years ago Mm -hmm. have drafted phenomenally so i mean they drafted curry right thompson they drafted everybody on their other than durant and iguodala i mean they drafted basically everybody on their team probably not zaza and you kind of well i mean like their best players right and he starts so you unfortunately have to include him in that conversation they didn't draft Zaza. a one-time atlanta hawk yeah (laughs) he was good for the hawks too uh the yeah i mean they drafted draymond and uh steph and um clay uh, clay so uh, i i would say to me if the thunder hadn't drafted kevin durant james harden and russell westbrook I would say that that three for the Warriors are the three best draft picks I've ever seen a franchise make kind of right in a row like that. But And maybe what's more impressive about the Warriors is that none of those guys were really high picks, whereas the Thunder picks were all high. And it, I mean, it can be really hard to hit three years in a row, even with high draft picks. Um, I mean, look at the Cavs. But the it it's still, that's really, really... Um, really impressive. So hopefully we can have that same sort of level of success um, with with some of these picks. Like I said, next year I really think you can't miss I, I, if you're in the top five. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I'm excited about it. Um, we got to wrap up for time, uh, but this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I think I definitely have a better understanding of where the Hawks have been and some of the Hawks' woes. Um, and you know, I I, I have Detroit sports in my blood mm-hmm. uh so i relate a lot to yeah. the atlanta uh feeling and um definitely feeling comfortable making this my new home yeah. and the team that i'm being, being a hawks about. fan i could probably go on for two more hours about their how horribly they were run <laughs> uh when i was in high school but yeah it was great to talk about the good side the of, good side of, of the hawks, the hawks. There's some and, bright moments in there. And I think the future is bright as well. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where where they where they can go from here. So awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening to us. Let us know if we totally missed somebody. Uh, you know, like uh, who did we leave out? Paul Millsap, four-time All-Star. Yeah. Maybe there was somebody else. Um, yeah, let us know who you uh, think. Unless of. it's Josh Smith. Don't tell us we should have talked more about Josh Smith. <laughs> Uh, that's right. Um, you can uh, reach us on Twitter. Uh, I think our handle is at NBA Fan Podcast, mm-hmm. which is the name of our podcast. So uh, you should be able to find us there. Um, and until next time, uh, I'm Chris Randazzo. Trent Kinsey, signing off.